0: Shield your delicate sensibilities. This has explicit
1: fucking content. Hi, this is Angela, and I have almost thirty years of experience working in adult entertainment nightclubs.
0: And I'm Jordana, and I'm a married sugar baby. Sugar baby. <laughs> and this is the first episode of
1: stripped bear a podcast about all things taboo or tedious Drift bear
0: viewer discretion is advised
1: viewer listener discretion listener
0: well, you know what you're right it is listener god damn it <laughs> All right, so let's talk about sex news. We interrupt this
1: broadcast. So what's happening in the world of sexually related news?
0: Well, it looks like the Supreme Court has decided that they are going to overturn our reproductive rights. Bad news bears. Yeah, it's not great. So uh, how how did that even get leaked? See, that's the thing. This is the first time that that's ever happened. So... We don't know. Politico got a hold mm-hmm. of a draft, so they started reporting on it, and then all the other news outlets got it. Yeah, I saw it briefly, and then the next thing you knew, it was everywhere. Well, um, I think that this is a particularly good time to talk about the fact that someone had once tried to bring out birth control for men, mm-hmm. but due to the fact that it made hormonal changes to their whole bodies, such as uh, weight gain and depression a little breast tenderness that uh, that didn't go over so well after you know during the trials so it never got it never became available those are the um, exact symptoms I
1: had when I was on hormonal birth control
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so now there's actually one that is that it's expected to go to human trials later in 2022 and it targets a protein that it's that affects sperm formation. So it's a daily pill, but it doesn't have hormones in it, correct? I'm not sure. And I know it doesn't have hormones in it, but I didn't know it was a pill.
1: Hmm. So I'm not sure if it's a pill or not. Hmm. Okay. I don't know what kind of treatment it is. Um, but it's something that unlike um, having a vasectomy, it's, you know, once they stop the treatment, then they would still be able to reproduce if they correct wanted
0: to. I want you to know though, that like Somewhere, Even though I, I want men to be able to have non-surgical and non-condom, like, reliable birth control, so it's not always on the birth giver, somewhere deep inside me, I kind of hope that fucking with sperm formation causes the man to, like, every time they jerk off, give birth to a gigantic sperm that they have to murder... <laughs> mutant
1: sperm
0: (laughs) choke out like beat it to death (laughs) choke it all right so that got weird real quick (laughs) today on today's episode of Stripped bear we're going to be talking to our host Angela Angela about her experiences because she gets a lot of the same questions over and over and You know, we actually had some people write in and ask questions for her and she's going to tell us the two she gets the most. And then I'm going to ask her some of the questions
1: that people sent in. So that's what we're doing today. All right. So the number one most common question that I get, whether it's from female coworker or a a fellow that I'm trying to date, the number one most common question is, did you ever dance? So um, I did from 18 to about... 23. I danced. So that's the answer to that one. Okay. And what's the second question? The second question that I get both female and male is what happens in the champagne room? Okay. All right. So um, the answer to that is a little more complex, a lot more complex. It really depends whether it's the champagne room or the VIP area, or even a back room where people get dances. A lot of it, it depends on what each individual dancer is willing to do guys pay money to try to get the girls to do more and more and if you have a girl that is willing then you could pretty much get anything you want so So Chris Rock was wrong there
0: is sex in the champagne room can and has been sex in any champagne room so this is across every club you've worked
1: at. yes that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that the owners or the managers condone it or want it to happen. Um, In the clubs that I was at, there were a number of times that we had to pretty much pull a girl out of a room because she had gone too far, whether she was on uh, drugs or alcohol, or just, you know, had a different set of moral standards. Um, She would do more because she wanted the money. So um, absolutely. um, For one reason or another, I have seen it time and time again. Do you think there was
0: ever a time from what you saw that the girls actually enjoyed
1: it, that it wasn't just for the money? Do you think so? I I have a funny story about that. Um, It's not my personal story and it wasn't told to me directly. But back in the day, while I was managing, I heard a hilarious story about a girl who was removed for having sex with a customer and, you know, she didn't apologize. She just said simply to the manager, sometimes you need a dick in your ass. Oh,
0: okay. Well, you know what? She's not wrong. (laughs) She
1: is not wrong.
0: (laughs) Okay. So here are some things that other people, well, actually this one was my question. Does every club you've ever worked at welcome women
1: customers? So the clubs that I have run always were open to uh, female customers of any sort, whether it was a girl with uh, her husband or boyfriend or just a group of ladies that came in for a bachelorette party, which was pretty common in the clubs that I worked at. Um, We also had all of the female guests that came in pay a cover. Um, So we treated male customers and female customers the same. Um, And some girls had a real problem with that. I myself, as a woman have gone to a number of clubs where you had to have a man with you in order to get in as a customer. And um, if you came with a man, you didn't have to pay. So it's different from club to club, but at the clubs that I ran, um, we always let ladies in.
0: All right. Something that a lot of women asked me was they all wanted to know, how does everyone stay so
1: smooth without irritation? We're talking about the grooming. Yes. The hair removal. Correct. Getting that bald beaver fever. <laughs> um, so, again, I mean, it's really everybody does it differently. Uh, most girls just use a razor and razor. <laughs> and um, eventually, you know, you just kind of build up a, a, a tougher skin and you're less prone to um, razor bumps. But um, razor bumps are pretty common in the clubs you see them regularly or with the lighting you see them less often than they really are there. So. Oh
0: okay so it's all in the light. It's all in the lighting. Got it. Okay so
1: what's the most one client has spent just on dances? That's impossible to answer. Um, even from my standpoint um, the last club that I ran Uh, We had private champagne rooms, and we had a number of customers that would just spend, you know, astronomical amounts of money on one or multiple girls in the champagne rooms. They would buy, you know, high-end, very expensive bottles of champagne or bottles of liquor, and just spend astronomical amounts of money. The host's, took it upon themselves to really encourage these guys to spend money not just on the price of the champagne room but also in tips um, for themselves and also for the entertainers. So define astronomical. Is that millions? Well I mean I didn't work in Vegas so not millions but um, several thousands of dollars. Okay all
0: right. Do the women have like a standard beauty
1: product that all of them use? They have a standard beauty product that all of them don't use. Ooh. So without a shadow of a doubt, the number one biggest no, no in strip clubbing is that you do not use any product that has any kind of oil in it. Um, when a strip pole gets slippery, um, accidents happen and we don't want to see dancers flying out into the crowd. So oil is a big no-no. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it does. But new girls, you know, baby dancers, baby strippers, when they first come in, they want to, they want to, slicker themselves up and look all glisteny and soft and whatnot and um, ends up happening that some dancers put oil on themselves, not wash their hands, gotten it on the pole. And then a girl whose you know whole routine is pole related tries to go up and you know shimmy up a pole that is oil slicked. Is that
0: when someone has to have the glitter conversation about how that makes you look glisteny?
1: Um, Yes, but I think that also girls try to avoid glitter in the um, adult entertainment industry because the glitter multiplies and spreads and um, there are zero men that want to go home coated in glitter. So um, if you're going to have any kind of contact with a customer, even just getting a dollar from stage, that glitter will transfer. So girls try to avoid glitter for that reason. Gotcha.
0: All right. Who makes the best stripper music? Is
1: it like a Motley Crue, Rob Zombie, Nicki Minaj? Who are you thinking? All right. So um, again, very, very personal. The club that I worked at, uh, the owner without a shadow of a doubt, wanted to keep all like dance, not even dance music, but he didn't want rap music. And it keeps getting more and more popular. And the majority of the girls want to dance to that. They want their booty shaking music. When I started in the industry in 1989, um, hair bands were super popular. So Motley Crue and the like was what you would predominantly hear in the clubs that I was at.
0: I'm wanting you to put on your DJ hat for a moment
1: and let us know what you think. What I personally think is the best. So, um, my personal thoughts are anybody can sit through three minutes of any music. If you don't like rap music, you can sit through three minutes, which is about the average length of time. That well, especially if a there's DJ titties in
0: your face during right. that time. So even
1: if you hate rap music or hate country music or hate rock, you can sit through three minutes of it if you know the next song is going to be something of your personal genre. So I don't think that it's um, any one particular music, but playing a wide variety. So no matter who your customer base is, you know that they're going to be happy and they're not going to be irritated because they hate all the music. So I think that variety is the spice of life and the same is true in strip clubs. Keep it, keep it mixed up nice and everybody will be happy. Another question from a woman. Okay. Do people take pole lessons? When, when I started kind of uh, phasing out of the business, pole classes became a huge industry. Like all of a sudden we saw pole classes popping up everywhere. Um, but when I originally started in you know, 89, there, there was no such thing. Um, Some of the uh, seasoned veterans in the club industry would take little baby strippers under their wing and show them some of the tricks. But typically you just learned as you went along, you know, you tried things, looked ridiculous at first until you got it down. I don't know if you've ever seen an amateur contest where the girls are up on stage looking absolutely ridiculous for, you know, three minutes plus. Um, It's not something that anyone is just born with knowing the skill and even just watching somebody, you're not going to walk up there and, and look, you know, perfect. It's not going to happen. So it takes time to really hone those skills. Well, I've never been in a club and
0: seen an amateur thing. I've seen lots of women try it at like bowling alleys.
1: Like at <laughs> bowling alleys yeah. where they just grab a, a support beam and start yeah. trying to dance with too much like alcohol in their system. Ladies systems. with mullets in like yeah. rural Ohio. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it can be pretty entertaining um, from train wreck kind of aspect yes. um, watching somebody who doesn't know what they're doing yet. Okay. So I had a lot of questions about the money
0: aspect. Like, do people sometimes
1: have an inability to make money at this? There are entertainers that struggle with the financial aspect of dancing. For example, most clubs charge entertainers a fee to work at the club and they'll put certain entertainers on the slower shifts, you know, Monday nights or day shifts. Those entertainers absolutely can end up paying out more to the house than what they take home on any given night. Um, so house fees can be detrimental to a dancer who's on a slower shift. I mean, typically, that's not going to happen on a Friday or a Saturday night. There might be a lot of girls to compete with, but there are however many customers in the club, so that makes it um, you know easier to make that money, pay those fees, and move forward with that. So um, it is possible. I don't know that girls will stick around for the long haul if they're not, you know, really, getting enough money to get by, you know, um, there are so many things about dancing that are attractive from the outside. The fact that, uh, the girls don't have to necessarily put down a set schedule that they don't have to work a set number of hours that they, um, you know, just get to call their shots, you know, like, especially for students or for girls that are maybe working a second job, that kind of thing. Um, being able to come and go as they please is, is, you know, great. Um, But also if you're going to spend any amount of time there, you need to be able to make some money. So if they're not able to pay out the house fees and tip everybody that needs to get tipped, then they're not going to end up sticking around because it's not worth their time. Are there upfront costs that need to be doled out before someone can get started? You absolutely have to have something to wear. And although most every girl has, you know, underwear and bras, Um, that isn't going to cut it at any of the bigger clubs. So they would have to get an outfit in order to be able to get started. Nobody wants just one outfit. So you need to get a couple so that you can change out. So I think that that would probably be the biggest starting expense is just getting, you know, clothing to wear and then, you know, makeup and hair and and all of that. Um, The bigger clubs have house moms that will help the girls with hair and makeup, but they do that for tips in order to make money to buy more products. So, um, I mean, there's just tons of expenses that go into dancing. Is there a mental and emotional health cost that comes with dancing? I absolutely think there is. There's a part of every girl that will think, oh, this is so empowering. And I believe that's true um, to a certain extent that having that kind of control over your body and your sexuality is empowering. But on the other side of that, there is a lot of rejection to deal with. For every one customer who thinks you're a goddess, there's going to be five other men that turn you down. And even if they're turning you down just because they legitimately have no money on them, um, it's impossible not to take that a little bit personally, um, especially when it's over and over and over. There are so many ways that It takes a toll on you mentally and physically um, over time, you know, whipping around the poles, doing all the the fancy tricks. um, It can, you know, take a, a toll on your body as well.
0: What is the worst kind of regular
1: customer to have? So a lot of the clubs have club customers where they are loyal to the club. They come in and hang out and they might buy drinks, but they don't really spend money on the entertainers. So it looks like the club is full. There are people here. They're taking up space, but they're not helping the girls in any way, shape, or form. And the girls are there to make money. They're not there to make friends. So So they're
0: just sitting,
1: hanging around, enjoying the view, but not paying. Absolutely. Tons, tons of guys that are just club regulars that'll come in and they'll talk to girls, maybe buy them a drink, but they're above, you know, tipping or, um, getting any lap dances, they wouldn't get a lap dance. That's lame. And they're always trying to get a girlfriend. That angers me. Probably talking about their problems all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like why their grandkids <laughs> won't talk to them. <laughs> a lot of times it's not even older men, it's men in their 20s who think they're going to go to the strip club and take home the bartender or take home a dancer. And um, sadly, sometimes they do. So what's the weirdest song you've ever seen a dance to? My friend uh, did a lap dance to the chicken dance. And she, she also did that on stage from time to time as a joke. It gets real weird in the strip clubs when it's slow. That like,
0: doesn't sound that weird. That
1: sounds like a <laughs> lot of fun. But I would hate to see that. Right. So, I mean... There are a lot of times that there are little to no customers. The only customers in the building might be one of those club regulars that's not spending any money on the dancers and the dancers get real weird. It's a great time to hone your, your pole skills. But if you're already there, then you're, you're entertaining empty chairs. And like I said, things can get weird. Also uh, DJs that feel that they're not getting the appropriate tips from an entertainer can get real vicious with the dancers on stage. So instead of playing the music that the entertainer wants to entertain to, to dance to, um, they'll play whatever they think is going to upset them. Back in the day, it was Hank Williams Jr. None of the girls really wanted to dance to country music. And if a DJ played Hank Williams Jr. for a uh, entertainer, it was, you know, a cue that you better get right and start taking better care of the DJs.
0: You know, I was at a club once, at your club, and I saw the DJ and a dancer get into it during her dance.
1: She was on stage. I'm not surprised. We try try to keep, you know, that drama to a minimum, but it definitely happens. And yes, I mean, the girls will will get (laughs) vocal, (laughs) real vocal. So
0: the next question I got is, Is pervert row a thing and do other areas of the club have
1: fun names? I assume that pervert row is the tip area right in front of the stage and everybody has different names for it. Like I've heard a lot of different names and unfortunately I can't pull a single one of them out of my ass right now (laughs) other than the pervert row. But that, that tip area for sure, um, has been called pervert row. I feel like it was a mistake not to call that the cockpit absolutely the cockpit would be amazing. And I can't think of any other areas. And I'm sure there are like a bazillion names out there for different areas, for different types of customers, um, for different, different types of entertainers. But right now my brain has escaped me. So hopefully they'll come up again and we'll have all those fun names. Okay. So I have a friend
0: and she wants to know if Anyone is ever a nurse before they're a stripper?
1: Okay, so I have never, I can't think of a time that I ever met an entertainer who was a nurse before coming in and, um, and dancing. But as you know, a large percentage of the entertainers that worked for me back in the day um, were actually in school and are now registered nurses. So tons and tons of them. So next time you're in the hospital and your ER nurse is pretty cute. She used to dance. She used to
0: dance. (laughs) Have you ever watched the movie Clerks? Of course. Okay. So you know the montage where it's all customers asking really dumbass questions. Of course. All right. Were there things in the club that were regularly done or asked by customers like on a daily basis that were really dumb like that? Absolutely.
1: Um, Dumb questions are just part of the whole industry, whether it's inside or outside of the club, and I'm sure there are dancers out there that have a ton of interesting stories and um, crazy questions that they're asked regularly. The most obvious one is, can I get your number? And um, no, that's not why they're there. They're not there to be your friend or your your counselor, although that is usually what they end up being as a type of therapist. Um, They're there to support themselves, their families, their schooling, you know, whatever it is that they're making money for um, it's their job.
0: All right. So are dancers more employees or entrepreneurs
1: considering that they have to like pay the club? So um, again, it's different from club to club and state to state in California. Last I knew, and to the best of my knowledge, the entertainers had um, started a union and um, with that union, they were able to have themselves turn from independent contractors where they paid money to work at the clubs into employees that the club paid to have there. But California is the only one that I know of, uh, the only state that I know of that, that has something like that. Most of the clubs um, in the four or so states that I've worked in treat their entertainers more like independent contractors or self-employed individuals that come in and, again, pay a, a small amount of money or a large amount of money to entertain at the club and a portion of their proceeds go to the club.
0: Do you have a story you want to tell? Like, what is the thing that sticks out in your mind out of
1: all of your years is there one particular thing that happened so i don't have any one particular story i am a wealth of really obnoxious stories that have happened over the years um and i, I know a lot of the girls that have worked with me for me over the years have amazing stories to tell as well um we talked before about the kick me customer who came in and um, he paid the girls to kick them in the junk. And he loved it. It was his thing. And he was 100% about it. And he paid a lot of money for it. Also, uh, <laughs> I was working at a club in Michigan. And um, we had a porn star who had come in. And um, she was uh, the feature entertainer for that weekend. Um, she's up on stage just dancing away. And the next thing I know, I turned around. And she's pulling beads out of her hoo-ha and whipping those bad boys around. You know, juices flying everywhere. It was um, it was a sight to see. So all kinds of crazy things happen. Is that a sex act? I don't know if that's a sex act. Um, but we did ask her to avoid any sort of legal repercussions to not do that again. Uh, the next time she went on was she stage, cool
0: with that, or did it offend her?
1: She might have been a little bit offended, but um, she went along with it. So most of the girls that would come around as you know, adult entertainment you know, add-ons where they're coming in as a big name porn star or something, um, they weren't necessarily cool. I mean, they always were in their mind a step above whatever was going on in the club because they made the big money as a porn star. Not all of them, mind you, but most of them. There would be, I'm assuming, porn
0: actresses come in sometimes to do guest appearances, correct? Correct. Was there any that you met whoever surprised you by for any reason
1: yes am I saying names do you want to say names do it do it I worked um I worked with well I didn't actually end up working with Tara Patrick um she was scheduled to perform at the club she came in I don't even remember what she was upset about but um she got pissed and left and never performed a single show at the club she just left and I was taken aback. I mean, that seemed like the single most unprofessional thing you could do, but she sure did it. So that surprised me. Ron Jeremy was at the club. Everything about that was bad news. It was horrific. He came in in Crocs and dirty sweatpants. He was very dirty. And um,
0: Um, I'm surprised that you would be surprised that a man who sucks his own dick is dirty
1: well I don't know if I'm gonna put my mouth on my body I want my body to be clean I don't know (laughs)
0: it was it was something else it's it's not really him sucking his own dick it's like the
1: eye contact thing yeah while he's sucking his own dick I get where you're coming from but uh, I had heard stories of course everybody's heard stories about him Um, but I really didn't expect that it was going to be as bad. I felt like "Eh, the girls have exaggerated or people have exaggerated these stories. And, um, I have, I have known girls who have been assaulted by him. I was terrified of being left alone in the office with him. For example, when I have to pay, when I had to pay him and that's exactly what happened. I told them, don't you leave me alone. And at one point or another, everybody left and Ron Jeremy's all up in my business. And I'm like, I can't so did he did he bother you um so he was aggressively trying to um have a conversation with me to be close to me and he was pretty aromatic in a less than pleasant way um so I didn't want to have anything to do with that of course but I was able to kind of get him out of the office and and make my escape I know of girls who didn't have as much luck although I also have a friend who may or may not have had a little group incident with him in which she was eiffel Towered. so
0: good times good times we need to talk to her we do need to talk
1: to her she's a fun gal
0: So basically what you're telling me is he doesn't just look like he just crawled out of a
1: garbage can. He also smells like it. In my personal opinion, I do believe that to be true. His very essence is, is garbage can. Yes. <laughs> and
0: not in the fun
1: Oscar the Grouch way. Not in the fun Oscar the Grouch way. You look mildly horrified. <laughs> do I? little
0: <laughs> bit. You were like. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about the, the reason I look horrified is because I'm sitting here thinking about
1: ron Jeremy, <laughs> how,
0: how he smells and i'm just thinking about like one time i went down on this dude after he got off work at mcdonald's and his dick smelled like the fucking onions at mcdonald's okay and i'm thinking that yeah. that is what <laughs>
1: that specific body odor is sweat <laughs> that's what you were smelling i was no it
0: was like <laughs> mcdonald's onion okay have you ever have you ever been around a fast food employee who's on the grill and when they get off work they smell like the food but like the food's asshole okay yes and for some reason i'm just imagining ron jeremy smelling like Mm -hmm.
1: an asshole the
0: dick like fast food dick
1: asshole smell yeah that that seems about about accurate so that was the look on my face (laughs) thinking of Onions and asshole.
0: Anything else
1: you'd like to add? I can't think of anything else. Do you have any other
0: questions? You're no longer
1: in the sex industry. I am not any longer in the industry. What had you make that decision? Oh my gosh. Uh, So many things contributed to it. Um, By far the biggest reason that I no longer work in the industry is I worked for the world's worst boss. Uh, The owner hated me and made it well-known and um, I had to be where he wasn't. I just couldn't do that. I couldn't be around him. And it wasn't, you know, I'm sure everybody's thinking it was sexual. He had done something of that nature. No, I mean, he really just legitimately thought I was not qualified to be a manager because I was female. Um, In a meeting one time, he said to me, I don't know if you're stupid or lazy. And I was neither of those things. So it was definitely in my best interest to remove myself from that club specifically. But also at the time, I was going through a lot of personal things and thinking a lot about what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I just didn't know if being an aging strip club manager was what I wanted for the rest of my life. You make it sound so appealing. (laughs) I mean, I had a lot of fun and there were many, 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 you know, amazing people that I met along the way. Again, I mean, I had a blast and I I loved it until I didn't. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) How should we end this? I don't know. i feel like nobody knows
1: <laughs> no we could end
0: it with this is a woman podcast right so we could end it with call me if you need to talk <laughs> <laughs> <That's cute.
1: laughs>